3: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Backers, together and loving it. TNC's apply.
2: Well, it's been another awesome week here on Bears and Izzy for Breakfast. You're joined by me, producer Kieran, as we take a look at some of the best bits throughout the week. On Monday, we saw the Super Rugby Pacific teams be named and we were joined by none other than Chiefs head coach Clayton McMillan. He ran us through the long process of naming a squad and boy, let me tell you, he's excited.
4: Super Rugby sides have been named for the 2022 season, which will be the first year of the Super Rugby Pacific competition with the involvement of Moana Pacifica and Fiji Droa. Clayton McMillan is the head coach of the Chiefs and he's been good enough to join us this morning. Morena, Clayton.
0: Morning, he. Morning, how
4: are you? I'm good, mate. Hey, uh, just been announced your squad. I'm looking through There's some uh, exciting uh, talent that's just been named. You've got Tyrone Thompson from Wellington. He's been very good. Are you happy with the all-round makeup of the squad, mate?
0: Yeah, obviously it's a it's a long sort of process to get to the stage where you mm. can name your squad, is he and. Uh, we were really happy with the improvements that we made uh in the most recent um Super Rugby season so you know establishing some continuity was probably uh, right at the forefront of our thinking when putting the squad together but also you know wanting to reward um some of the talent that's been um on show through the NPC
4: mate w- when we uh kind of 100% sorted like was there any late late comers from, from what you saw in the MPC that you kind of think, mate, that, that fits my squad, that fits what we're about and we're trying to do, was when were you kind of 100% certain that you had the squad that was ready to be announced today?
0: Well, to be fair, you know, a good portion of our 38-man squad was locked in quite early and yep. as you know, mate, it's, you know it's a competitive market out there, everybody's sort of chasing the same mm. players, so there's... <laughs> it's almost a necessity yeah. to sort of move a, a little bit quicker than you might really like in some circumstances. But um, yep. as I said before, we're we're pretty happy with the balance of our squad. Obviously, we've lost um, a, a few players, but really happy that we've brought in some exciting young talent um, to replace them. So you know, a well-balanced squad, and be keen to see yep. how they go.
3: Hey Clayton, it's Baz here, mate. So you got um, you got a squad of. 38 it's a big old squad to to manage and what sort of support staff have you got in the background which um which you you're running as well
0: oh look, oh yeah 38's a a decent number but i wish i had 48 you know there's some quality rugby players out <laughs> there um, across the country that have sort of missed out and certainly in our own backyard you know like um Great to see Taranaki and Wakato and in the, in the Chiefs region take out their respective competitions. Um, yeah, you know, feel for, for the for the players that have missed out, but I um, well, look all Super Rugby squads have have quite a um, you know, a large staff that that caters to yeah you know, the the need to provide for for such a large squad, and you know, on top of that, 38, you're looking at replacement players for All Blacks. A, a lot of injury replacements that come in through the year. You've got your pathway boys. So look, it's a big old, it's a big old beast. Um, mm. But you know, we've got good people on board here that, um, that that are steering the ship in the right direction.
4: Hey mate, um, tell us about uh, Joshuaani. I had a great conversation with Joshuaani last week. Uh, I think he's been playing consistently well throughout the Bunnings NPC for Otago and his role within the squad. I know you've got a lot of First of all, right, you've got Brun Gatlin, Ruvez Halehana, you've got Caleb Trust. So there's a lot of competition there. Which what's your message for Joshua? Is is he you you go, is he the one that's gonna be leading the team for you or their position's up, for grass for any of them?
0: Oh look, I don't think Joshua's made it any secret that, you know, he wants to be playing ten. Uh, we think yep. that's his best position. Um, and so, you know, we're happy to open the door for Josh to come uh, from the Highlanders to the Chiefs to seek an opportunity to, you know, to, to play 10. Um, he's well aware that we've mm. got other quality rugby players there and they're all keen as bricks to, you know, sort of put that 10 jumper on as well. So there's going to be some healthy competition there. And as you know, competition sort mm. of um, can be great for your environment. Um, a number of them can, yep. can also play fullback. Um Uh, And twelve at a pinch, so you know. I guess having that, um, yeah, the the flexibility is is good. But you know, I've been um, an admirer of Josh's for a long time. He, I've had Mm. some involvement with him uh, with with the Maori All Blacks. Um, I think he's a quality young man, Um, and he's really showcased, particularly over the last five or six weeks, what he's capable of doing. So. Look, he's, he's looking in good shape. Um, he's saying all the right things, mm. um, certainly in the media. Um, yeah, I'd be disappointed if he didn't turn up here and um, fantastic nick and give the opportunity that we're, we're affording him up here a really good shape, so exciting.
3: Yeah, nice. Yeah, too right. Mate, you must be pretty wrapped about, obviously rugby's a bit disappointing today after the weekend, but it must be pretty exciting to head into a new competition with, obviously, the, the two new teams coming in. You guys pretty just pumped about it, the new direction of where this competition's going?
0: I am. You know, like, it's a new, it's sort of a new era for professional rugby in the Pacific region, isn't it? Um, Mm. You know, like, um, Moana Pacific and are sort of generating massive excitement um, through, you know, all the various media platforms and, you know, if anyone that's sort of played in Samoa or, or Tonga or Fiji, like, they're passionate people, you know, they love rugby, um, they're deeply ingrained in their culture, and you know, we anticipate this going to flow through into these rugby teams, so um, look, they bring bring something new to the table, and um, and it's going to be exciting to see um, see them play, and we, we look forward to the challenge.
4: Yeah, nice, we look forward to it, mate. Well, as a coach, you've just named your squad, last quickly before we let you go, you've just named your squad, when do you get your hands on these players, mate? When, when now what does pre season look for look like for you for you and the Chiefs?
0: Uh there's a couple of days um this week where we just get the squad together, those that are here just for a couple of admin days. Um, as you can appreciate the the with NPC sort of being pushed back due to COVID, um, our mm. our preseason has become really condensed. So a couple of days just to get through some admin um, those that haven't had a lot of rugby, either through being been in lockdown uh, up in Auckland or um, coming back from injury, we get them for a couple of weeks pre-Christmas, but the official start nice. date is um, 6th of January, so yeah, good opportunity for, for a good portion of our squad to just freshen up, enjoy the sun, you know, get around some family and friends, um, and then come in really excited in January to hit the ground running and you know, be part of what will be a, a, a great new competition.
3: Yeah, baby. Oh, awesome, Clayton. We really appreciate you joining us, mate. Feel free to get those boys up the Kaimai's on January sixth as well. Give them a little bit of a hustle up, eh? But we appreciate you uh, you coming on the show here, mate. And um, all the very best for the Super Rugby competition and and all the best for the Chiefs boys as well.
0: always no mate. My pleasure. Well, from one coach
2: to another, Tuesday we were joined by Aaron Major who is looking to instil a true and authentic culture as the head coach of Moana Pacifica.
4: Someone that has no problems. He's created an awesome environment and a great squad that I think are going to surprise a fair few teams heading into Super Rugby. With the naming of Super Rugby squads, yesterday it was a historic day for Moana Pacifica as they named their first ever squad to take on the new version of Super Rugby, the squad features plenty of experience mixed with some form horses from the NPC. And my mighty Hawks Bay Magpies are a big part of Aaron Major's Moana Pacific team, and he has joined us this morning. Good morning, Ezra.
5: Good morning, Izzy. Maz, how you going? Good, brother.
4: Going good. Going good, uh, Ez, mate. Uh, you must be pretty proud and happy. Uh, with the squad that you've assembled, mate, I've been talking about it over the last couple of weeks. I've, I'm pretty excited to see, uh, you know, this this team unleash and unlock some some defences going into Super Rug. I think you've got the talent to do it. You must be pretty proud and happy, mate.
5: Yeah, we're really happy is with the with the squad. Um, as you said before, real good balance of um, experienced guys, you know, guys like uh, Jack Lamb, mm. Seko Kipu, Christina Leofano, Ray Nuiya, uh, um, yeah, Henry Taifu, we've, we've got a lot of experience in there. Guys have yep. Um, yep. had a taste at this level and excelled at this level and obviously internationally as well. And then we've got some really exciting talent coming through, eh? Guys that all, uh, I think we've found some real gold nuggets in there. Um, guys like mm-hmm. yeah, Solomon Natti, You talked about some of those Hawks Bay boys before, Lincoln McClutchy, uh Eddie Anari, who I thought was outstanding during the NPC this year. Uh, just to name a few, sir. Really excited about those younger guys um, having this opportunity. And as you know, mate, first um, first time full professionally um, coming out the back end of their first pre-seasons. Um, our guys will be ready. So exciting time for us.
4: Now, what's going to be the, the biggest challenge for you, you feel, to be able to unlock this talent? We've got a lot of talent on paper, but for you to unlock it, what, what's going to be the biggest task and challenge to be able to do that?
5: Oh man, I think it's like any any team, eh? It's um, just creating mm-hmm. the right environment, and we've got, we've got some real uh, rich history and some really special people uh, to help guide our guide our journey. Um, so it's just about how, how quickly we can bring that together. There, there's no doubt uh, we'll be successful in time. It's just um, what that looks like through our first preseason together. We'll have a good feel after like we went not December as a team till January the fifth three and a half weeks of pre-season training before we have a couple of pre-season hit-outs against the Chiefs and the Highlanders. And then we'll get a good feel for exactly where we're sitting. Um,
4: Mm.
5: Yeah, and between now, it's all the things we can control. eh? It's it's bringing our team together. It's creating some shared experiences. It's creating our expectations and um, finding our ways. A lot of work to be done, but um, some pretty special people Mm. uh, involved. And I know we've got a really excited uh, team, a really excited staff, really excited board, really excited community around uh, the junior
3: hit. Hey, as a Baz head, just um, just go on a little bit about that. Uh, the staff that you've created as well, the uh, the personalities that you've got in there, and and how they sort of complement your coaching style. Can you explain a little bit to the, uh, to us about that?
5: Yes, obviously, fellow uh, Tia is going to be a forward coach, uh, assistant coach alongside me. Uh, we've had uh, a couple of other coaches that I'm I'm not sure if I'm actually going to tell you at the moment because I think they're getting revealed at some stage so um, (laughs) they've they've been working hard or even just their coaching uh,
3: styles
5: (laughs) I I might might get a bit of a smack on the hand if I uh, share that information just just now (laughs) Um, yeah yeah, obviously for us it's it's about understanding how we how we build belief, eh? How we build belief in our mm-hmm. players, how we build belief in our team. Yeah. So when we step out onto the park, uh, on that first competition game, 18th of February against Brumbies, our boys believe uh, that we're good enough to be here, we're good enough to compete with with anybody. Um, so that's been the the mandate really for the for the coaching staff so far is, is how we bring that out, um, creating a real sort of fearless mentality with our with our players and our team to to go out and do this our way, you know, have the courage to to play mm. our style. We don't want to be the Crusaders, the Blues or the Chiefs or any other New Zealand team. We want to be Mwana Pacifica, uh, authentically Mwana mm. Pacifica and, and make sure uh, that's reflected in how we play on the field. It's refreshing, it's innovative. We have our Pacific flair. Clearly we have some some pretty powerful DNA in our athletes, so our job as a coaching team is to bring all that out. So um, it'll be a uh, Encouraging, supportive environment. and uh, That's how I operate, and that's how I believe we're going to get the best out of our our, our players,
4: mate. I've been um, I've been following Moana Pacifica on uh, Instagram, mate, and uh, I've been watching the way you've been able to connect the team back to the community. And I saw you announcing the games with a lot of the um, uh, essential workers around the Moana uh, Auckland area and where you've been able to do it, is that a huge apart, importance to this team and especially you've got a guy like KJ Arpa who's, uh, who was announcing the squad as well mate. and his influence on the big stage so you must be pretty proud of, of how you've been able to connect back to the community and and really get this team off the ground
5: Yeah we are the, like I'm, I'm just a small part of that I'm really proud of our people that have, that have put all that together like our um, our media team have, have been outstanding, and we talk about being innovative and refreshing. Just that's a good mm. example eh, of, of how, how we want to do things. Um, so we yeah. do it our way. Oh, cool. so, they've that, done an awesome job there. When you talk about the people involved, um, you know, Sir Brian Williams, Sir Michael Jones, like this has been a long time in the making for Sir, Sir BG mm. 26 years he's been pushing for a team, you know, and we're finally here. And it's an opportunity mm. for um, Pacifica Rugby to, to stand on our own two feet. And, and you guys, or you in particular, that you've played with a lot of your uh, Samoan Tongan brothers over the years, Fijian brothers, yeah. for, for the All Blacks or for the Crusaders, it seen for the benefit of New Zealand rugby or for those franchises. Now's the opportunity mm. for up pacifica to stand on their own two feet, create a programme that represents our people, that represents our history, but it also represents the future and create a pathway not only yeah. for our for our players but for um you know future doctors and physios and analysts and coaches and uh, in yeah. anybody in any walk of life really so uh, and that's what we uh, plan to do that's our aspiration made us to really connect our our community and inspire them eh, with, with how we are uh, both on and off the field yeah. So i think we're doing some really awesome stuff at the moment already um the exciting yeah.
4: The exciting part is we get to bring that to life, though, when our team assemble, we uh, start trying to ball around. Yeah. Yeah, mate, I can expect to hear you throwing a few chahus around, uh, around the field, mate, being coached <laughs> by you, you. You don't stand on the sides, mate. You're in there, getting amongst it, doing that razzle-dazzle. So I really appreciate your time on the Baz and Izzy for breakfast, Ezra. And uh, so good luck, it. mate. I'm looking forward to watching Moana Pacifica push a lot of teams and play some exciting brand of footy that Super Rugby needs, mate. So thanks very much.
5: Yeah, master, Izzy, Bez. Uh, good to see you guys doing a great job too.
2: On Wednesday, we were joined by Mike Hessen, who shared his thoughts on how this black cap side have managed to become the dominant side in world cricket.
1: That's six more. That's beautifully
6: timed. He absolutely pummeled
5: that. Baz and Izzy are talking cricket. Thanks to Rasine, New Zealand's most trusted paint brand for the past 10 years.
3: Well, the Black Caps, they've got a big task on their hands starting tomorrow evening when they take on India in a two-test series in the very, very tricky subcontinent conditions of India. The full squad has only had a couple of days together to get set after a heavy T20 schedule and we have luckily enough, we have our good man, former coach of the side and a man who knows how difficult the task is at hand for this current Black Caps setup, but also is a very adept at being able to work out sporting environments and work out how to get the right people in the right seats on the bus and heading in the right direction. It's my good friend, Mike Hesson. Good morning, Hess.
6: Good morning, Bad. How are you today?
3: Very good. Welcome home, mate. Welcome home. <laughs> I was a bit worried you were going to get stuck over in the UAE for the remainder of the calendar year.
6: Yeah, I was starting to plan a, a Christmas brunch on a, on a rooftop in Dubai there for a while. Uh, but managed to find a spot home on my seventh attempt.
3: <laughs> oh, so are you, you're out of MIQ now or are you still there, mate?
6: Oh, I'm out of MIQ, but I'm in home isolation at the moment, so I've got one more day to go that my last test um, this morning and then, uh, yeah, just wait for the result and then I'm out.
3: Oh, very good. Oh, we look forward to catching up with you, mate, and look forward to you being able yeah. to... Get down to the beautiful beaches of Saint Clair as you wander down the hill from your very flash pad up on the hill. So uh, good luck with yeah. that, mate. I'm <laughs> sure you're <laughs> looking forward to a coffee. <laughs> hey, mate. Um, we get, we've been talking quite a bit about um, leadership and stuff over the last couple of days, obviously in Foster and, and the All Blacks environment. We'll we'll get onto a little bit of that with you soon about some of your takes on on uh, on that and maybe even what they might be able to to be able to pick up on. But first and foremost, mate, the Black Caps. They've been superb of late, the last few years in particular, and what they've been able to tick off. But this task at hand against India in Test cricket in their own conditions, does it get any bigger? Does it get any harder?
6: Look, I don't think it does. I think India will have, uh, you know, the majority of their big guns back, especially for Indian conditions. I mean, if you've got even if you've just got Ashwin and Jadeja as your bowling attack, um, and after day one, and possibly even on day one, it's going to be a heck of a challenge. And I think you can sort of disregard a lot of the other results. I mean, this is a completely different challenge um, in terms of having to face those guys, having not played a lot of first-class cricket um, and potentially even up to 12 months for some people. Um, You know, it's going to be difficult. No practice matches. Um, It's going to be a heck of a challenge. But we're certainly going to rely on a bit of that experience um, batting into Williamson, Taylor, Latham, Nichols. And I think just in those Mm. four, there's plenty of experience to to hopefully uh, pass on to the rest of the crew.
4: Hey mate, you've been in the forefront with the Black Caps for for a while now. Gary Stead's taken over. What what would what would be the key messages heading into this tough tour? Where we haven't had success since nineteen eighty eight. So it's a very long time. What would you be? What would be the key messages you'd be trying to deliver to the boys and the Black Caps?
6: Well, I think it's probably about not getting too far ahead of yourself. I think that um, mm. you know, Test matches over in India can actually change really quickly. So you've actually got to just stay in the game for as long as you can. So rather than um, thinking about the end result too much, just just sort of dealing with each compartmentalised session, you know, probably even an hour. Um, You know, if you can get through a certain spell from a a bowler at a certain time and get them to bring back a quick, um, you know, then you're sort of winning those small battles. So I think it's about uh, that sustained pressure over long periods of time and and actually be willing to have to really scrap for a result, which, you know, you're going to have to do over a long period of time, but realising that it can change real quick either way. So... Just
3: hanging in there and, um, as I said, not getting too far ahead of yourself. Mm. Hey, yes, mate. I, I think, I mean, if they were able to scale this mountain, it's quite a remarkable achievement, no doubt. But you must look back on, you know, the time that you, since, well, obviously pr- proud of what you were able to achieve when you were coach. but since you've left the side, what they've, what they've been able to achieve under Steady, you must look at that with just an immense amount of pride and, and satisfaction that, that you played such a big role in
6: that. Oh, look, I, you know, I tune in for every Black Cats game and, and are a hugely proud supporter and, um, you know, everything the team achieves. Because C- you know, you know Baz, how much work they put in behind the scenes. You now, it's not a, it's not a, um, it's not luck. You know, it's, it's happened over quite a period of time where they've been able to grow that group and all the leaders in the group are, are grown and they're, and they're sort of heading in the same direction, which, which sounds quite cliche and easy. But as you know, it's pretty difficult to achieve, you know, when you've got, you know, a lot of people with, um you know, you can be caught up in your own little space in international cricket and sort of worry about yourself a bit at times. But it's a pretty cool place when you've got a group of, of players and support staff, you know, all genuinely heading in the same direction. And that, you know, that takes work and effort. And I think this team have that. And, and, and obviously Kane's a huge part in that. But I think you would be the first to recognise that, you know, the likes the Southie and, um, you know, so many more. B.J. Watling, when he was there... Um, you know, this Tom Latham, there's so many guys in that group, you know, Ross, um, you know, Balti's now you're becoming a leader I mean there's so many guys that have been there now for so long that are pulling that group together. So um yeah, it's a nice place to, to be and either supporter, um you know, which I am now and, and you know, you are now. It's um it's a pretty cool place to be. Mate, t-
4: talk to us about transitioning from T Twenty cricket to Test cricket, and talk about all the formats. We're not only been good at Test cricket as of late, but ODIs. We made the final in twenty nineteen, and we've just missed out on a T Twenty World Cup final. And then we're going up to Test cricket. How is how hard is the transition when you're going from all these different formats, and how are the Black Caps able to transition effortlessly from the outside looking in?
6: Well, I think it's just that in each format they've got a really good core group of players, um, and as I said, you can kind of compartmentalise it and um, and actually rely on those players in many ways to to share the message in terms of what I get. Look, guys, we've sort of we've parked that part. Now we're um, now we're going to come together and uh, obviously focus on the next group. What are some of the key objectives we're trying to trying to achieve? It's become a little bit, um, yeah. So just. Just just be able to park, whether it be a poor result or a good result, really quickly. Um, and you can only do that if, as I said, with a bit of experience and, and some leaders in that group. Um, and I think we've got a bit of talent too. I think that's something that mm. you can't you, you can't forget that we've actually got some damn good players across all formats. Um, I think Test cricket would have probably got our most depth at the moment um, across the three. But um, yeah, we've actually got some damn good individuals and uh, who can win a game on their own. But but they're not in terms of they're actually all playing together, um, and I think that's you know that's pretty damn important. I also think they've planned pretty well in terms of giving guys breaks. Um, I think the ability to front up, you know, and put in a heck of a performance in all three formats, you know, every day of the year is just impossible. So I think they've been able to relieve people of some some of that in terms of saying hey, you're just going to play Test cricket or you're just going to play you know maybe two formats. Um, you take a pretty special player to, to go across all three
3: at the moment. We're talking to former Black Caps coach and now head of cricket over there at uh, RCB in the IPL um, league, Mike Hesson Hey, um, Hiss, there's there's been a bit of a um, push from New Zealand cricket just recently, which you'll be well aware of and no doubt a contributor to, about trying to somehow document or dossier the exact rise I guess of the black caps so that they may be able to pass it on to to other sporting or, or in fact business organizations H- have you firstly been a part of that and and secondly um, some of the information you passed on without giving away too much um, <laughs> would you be able to just uh, maybe explain a little bit of, a little bit of that
6: for us yeah look, look I have been part of of the, uh, the process I've sort of had a, an interview with um, you know, with Don uh, a couple of months ago, while I was in uh, <coughs> in Dubai. I, look, I think um, I think you've got to be careful about sort of cross pollinating into different sports or businesses, like everything. I think it's more about um, understanding your environment and actually spending some time doing that, um, rather than thinking you can you can apply you know your practice or your theory seamlessly into another organisation. Because um, I think the I think the biggest part of transition, as I said, is actually completely understanding who you're dealing with, um, the problem with that group, and then trying to come up with a plan around how you're going to uh, how you're going to apply the way you think it's going to work in that environment. You know, if you just try and pick up your plan and try and transition it, you know, and, and amongst another team, even in the same sport, that's challenging, let alone across sports. So, uh, I mean, there are obviously some fundamentals in terms of um, you know being really clear around. You know what are the parameters you want that team to operate in, and who are the types of characters you want in the group, and what are some of the values that you want to apply. Um, but I think you just got to, you do actually have to take the time to talk to the right people and find out um, what the group and what the environment requires.
3: What about um, what about some of your um, support acts or, or the support staff? Do they need complementary skills, or or um, everyone the same as as brief well I think we know that answer but...
6: yeah that's a, it's a good point I think you've actually got to be you've got to be sort of a bit bigger than yourself in many you respects but when you're appointing support staff I, I think the last thing you want are people that just um, tell you what you want to hear I think if you do that then um, you're sort of selling the group short so I always think when you're putting a your support staff together um, you know it's important to get a real cross-section of of people um and also people that that have different spheres of influence um and i mean by that you know i think no matter how good a coach you are or manager or whatever you, you don't actually get your message across to everyone in a large group um, so it's a matter of of having a real variety of skills across your group um, whether that be you know coaches but also off the park that can actually deliver a message and be and a support network for every one of your players, um, you know you can 't do that yourself, and if you, you think you can then you 're actually the wrong man for the job anyway so um, mm. I think you know it's more that that combination of people that is just so critical
4: i hey, one thing i've noticed that's great great answer there hess, but one thing i 've noticed about the black caps is is their ability to keep the older players the, the ross Taylors the kane Williamsons. At the height of the the peak of their performance every single time i think at the moment w- with with other organizations i find like some of the uh, the more experienced players are probably struggling to find a bit of formal stay stimulated in those environments what, what would be your key to keep the guys that have been around for such a long period of time and had so much success what would be your key thing or key uh, things you' try and point to to keep those guys stimulated and motivated to go out there and perform
6: yeah I think it's about having a conversation with them and saying look you know, mm. we know you've been a great player um, up until now but mm. you know how can you continue to contribute and and actually get them to come along for the ride too like like what what do we need from you but probably equally as importantly what do you need from us in terms of keeping you mm. stimulated making sure that you put the work in behind the scenes so that when you do play you you are the best sort of version of yourself. And um, I think that's a two-way thing. I think that, you know, the player also needs to know that they're valued and that they're, um, you know, what they've got a whole heap of experience and skill that they want to pass on. And if they're just seen as a, you know, an hour sport of numbers and, you know, runs and wickets thing, then of course their interest Mm -hmm. will wane from time to time. Um, Whereas if they realise they're they're part of that transition and the fact they've got to keep their standards up until the time they... Decide to, you know, retire. Um, then adding value. Whereas if you're just hanging mm-hmm. on for a, to clip the ticket, um, and you're not <laughs> willing to offer or contribute, then you know potentially we're, you know, we're best moving on as well. So I think those conversations are critical.
3: Mm. Yeah, spot on, mate. We're going to let you go in a minute, but just just quickly, mate. So you get out of MIQ tomorrow, or we're out of home isolation, and then what you've got. You got nothing until maybe the IPL auction, or what else is going on in, in your life, mate? What what do you got over the next few months?
6: Yeah, it's a good question, mate. I think, um, as you know, with the <laughs> IPL, there's, there's a whole lot of different pressure points, I guess, throughout the year, and um, you know, whether it be obviously retention of players and then heading up to an auction, um, there's also a few issues around trying to get an, an MIQ spot or whether the MIQ is going to finish, um, so whether we can actually you know, carry on our jobs overseas or not. So there's a bit of drama around that. But I'm sort of involved in a couple of startups, um, which I'm really enjoying. Don't know a heck of a lot about them in terms of, you know, the actual in, <laughs> ins and outs of the business, but love sort of talking about leadership and how, how it can help grow, you know, grow the business. Um, do a bit of work for Sky Sports. We'll um, lucky enough to be involved in the, the series at the moment with, with the man. Black Caps. It sort of keeps you, keeps you involved.
3: Uh, yeah, a couple of girls and a, and a dog. So, yeah, plenty of work to do. Oh, a few yeah, well, I so the, the So <laughs> I... <Yeah. laughs> with the IPL auction, then obviously the retention of players comes out um, as a fellow coach in the IPL auction. What uh, what, what players yeah. are you retaining? <laughs> 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 I can't ask that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: well, you've lost David de
3: Villiers anyway. Jeepers. That was a big one.
4: Yeah, yeah.
6: Oh, mate, that was a huge one. It was a big week for, for all of us, really. Um, but I guess, I mean, you know, AB, um, you know, really well. I haven't played with him and against him for a while. And um, he's just he's just a champion bloke on and off the park. And um, obviously he's a genius with that and will be sorely missed. But he's one of those guys that when he makes up, um, you know, when, when he talks about family and how it's important to him and, and you know, what's going on and, in South Africa and the fact he wants to spend time there, then, you know, you've you got to respect that. And, he you know, he didn't come to that decision lightly. Um, you know, we would have loved to have him back, no doubt about that, and we're all going to miss him. But we're sort of respectful that, mate, he's put in some pretty damn good years, and when the fire burns out and he wants to... doesn't quite think he can be the best in the world, then he's, you know, you said his time's enough. So, yeah, you've got to respect that, haven't you? And not saying I didn't try and twist his arm a little bit, but um, he's definitely... Uh, <laughs>
3: You yeah, know, he definitely, man, deserves to to enjoy his retirement. Yeah, too right. Uh, all very, very best of luck, mate. Look forward to uh, to dueling again out on the uh, the fields of the IPL in uh, in time, or dueling at the auction first of all, and then in, on the field in time. But uh, it's been great to catch up with you, mate. Really appreciate your insights, and not just on on cricket, mate, but on all things sort of high performance and structures and team environments and that as well. And we wish you all the best for. Your time back home, mate. And uh, thanks heaps for joining us on Bads and Izzy for breakfast. Cheers,
6: Thanks, guys. Appreciate the chat and look forward to um, having a glass of wine in the not-too-distant future.
2: On Thursday, we were joined by a legend of the boxing game, the body puncher Andy Lee, who was kind enough to speak to us from Joseph Parker's camp. He believes Joe's on track to return to the top of the boxing world quite soon.
4: After a long and frustrating at times hiatus from the ring due to the COVID disruptions, New Zealand's heavyweight boxing star and former champion Joseph Parker is back in attack mode preparing for his fight against Englishman Derek Chisora on December 19th. It's been a long journey for Joe and one that's now features leading boxing trainer and former middleweight champion Andy Lee in his corner. And Andy is joining us out of the UK base now it's morning here it's afternoon or evening over in the uk good
1: evening andy how are you okay Baz. how are you
4: good mark god baz is on the other side it says here but how are you doing How's oh the Izzy, sorry
1: been? sorry excuse me excuse no me. no we sound the same <laughs> yeah. uh. um. Yeah, the training's been really good so far. Up to this point, we've put in Joseph's put in a uh, tremendous amount of work with his conditioning and his mm. fitness and his strength. And now we're in the phase where he's focusing on sparring. So I've got some really good guys here to spar with him. He's getting sharp, and we're looking to make you know improvements all the time.
4: Mm. What What are those improvements that you're looking to make uh, with, with Joe? mate? I know you've you've had a fair while with him now. You've you've formed a, a nice wee relationship, a partnership. Um, what are those? some of those improvements that we could be looking for come December 19th when he faces off against Chisora?
1: Well, the first fight, we didn't have a lot of time together. We had basically five weeks to prepare. Mm. And that was, you know, we'd never even met each other before then. Um, so it was very hard for to make any real changes to his yes. style. But now this time we've had a full camp and we've had the time... It, previous camp we've had the time in between fights where joe's kept working on what we've been trying to do and we're looking Mm. for him to be more consistent more um to be able to sustain attacks and keep his foot on the pedal um because Mm. joe i think will will admit that he's um he in fights he'll do something really really good and then he'll take then he'll take a little break maybe lose concentration or try to have a little rest um So we, I've stressed him and I've worked him really hard um, so that he has confidence in his conditioning. Uh, so as much as physical as it is mental as well. So we're working on that side mm-hmm. of things too. And um, if he can emulate what he's doing in the gym, it should be a very good night for him. Um We know Trezor is a very hard opponent. You look what he did with Jusek. He pushed Jusek and it was a very close fight. Some thought he won that fight and some thought he won the first fight with Joseph. So he's always a tough customer. Mm-hmm. Um so we're not underestimating him, but if Joseph can do what he's been doing in the gym then it should be a good night for Joe
3: Andy it's Baz here mate both, uh, both myself and Izzy we're good mates with Joe as well and we love watching him, watching him go about his work and we love the fact that he, he did scale the mountain a little way back but the, the division is just so hot right now do you, do you think Joe has he got the fire has he got the desire to try and get himself back up there and, and be
1: champion of the world again in your eyes i think the fact that he's come over here you know changed coach relocated left his family i think that shows a certain desire and determination and hunger and um, it you know it would be easy for him to remain in the same situation he was before and box well within himself but um he's right there he's in an unbelievable position yeah. you know to, to to challenge these guys and when you see what Usyk did to anthony joshua yeah you know, I think Joe kicked himself because of his performance against Joshua after seeing that, um, Joe has the ability and, and for a heavyweight, it is unusual because he's such a big man, strong and powerful, but he's quick, has fast hands, able to fight with combinations. Um, and he has the beating of of all these guys. He just has to put it all together now. And, 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 you know, um, yeah. yeah, maybe he did get comfortable. Maybe he did, you know, uh, kind of become a you know a big fish in a small pond but now i think he realizes that that will only last long and he's been around tyson fury i think he's been inspired by tyson fury and um yeah i i see i see that desire there and he like i'm not sure how long he wants to fight for but within these next few years i be, like i believe he can and should do should be winning another world title
3: beautiful that's music to ears. we're really mm-hmm. proud of him back here in new zealand as well and it's awesome to see him doing some great things over there. And, and yeah, I guess the, the the fact that he is working with Tyson Fury as well, like that must just be such an opportunity for him to see up close what the absolute best is like as well.
1: Yeah, they've spent, a, like, a lot of time um, together um, in the gym and out with the gym. And Tyson's a great aide to, to me as well, as as well as Joseph, um, in terms of giving advice and wisdom. And he knows... Tyson knows the heavyweight division, most divisions, but the heavyweight division. He's, he's, he is has an encyclopedic knowledge of this of the fighters, like from amateurs to professional. He knows them all, and he can give you a full scouting report on every one of them. So um, he knows Shizora very well. They're good friends, and he, you know, I think Chizora is a little bit peeved that Tyson's allowed us to come over here and use his gym and help us train. but <laughs> well, yeah, Tyson, we're we're Tyson, and the biggest benefit to Joe will be the mentality. The mentality you know how what separates tyson from everybody else in the division is he's the way he thinks and how he doesn't give up how strong he is in his mind and if joe can pick up and like a little bit of that it'll be a big benefit yeah. to him
4: beautiful man i've been watching online i've been watching online and seeing mm. the training just watching the gypsy king you know, with that medicine ball smashing his tummy. You know, uh, senior, <laughs> senior fury as well getting amongst it, mate. It must be, it must be a good, good environment to be able to train with. You know, over there with the Gypsy King in his gym. Um, you know, being able to learn from the best, mate. But what will Joe? What will Joe need to do to stop Derek Josaora, or, or even get the win? In your eyes, what, what's the one thing he needs to do?
1: He needs to. It it, it's it's not rocket science. Chizora is going to come forward and and let you know throw hell for lever, and he's wild and he's rough and he's and he's dirty at times. So Joe has to, that's the (laughs) challenge Joe faces and the physical challenge as well. Joe has to use a sharp jab, a spiteful jab, be focused at all times, and especially when he's back to the rope, be very alert. And and then Chizora, from what I've seen, is that he doesn't have the engine that he once had. He's nearly 40 years old now. And so after f- three to four rounds, Joe can weather the storm early and, and punishes or as well as, um, as well as, you know, deal with what he's doing, nullify him. Then Joe should look to come on strong right after round four and hopefully force a stoppage. That's 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 the game plan we're working on. Um, mm. We don't want to leave it go to the scorecards because a lot of people, as I said, a lot of people think Zora won the first fight. And so he'll have, kind of the sympathetic vote if a round is close they, and he's, he's already crying about the judging and the referee. And so they'll, they won't, they won't want to give anything against him if it's close, you know? So I think Joe, I think, and, and listen, Joe needs to make a statement as well and get the knockout. We're, yeah. we're not, we're not working here for the last eight weeks, um, away from our families, sacrificing all this stuff for us to go out and get a, you know, a so, so victory. Joseph has to make a statement and I've told him that he knows that, yeah. um, And what you didn't see in that video with the medicine ball and and, and John and Tyson Fury is that after he got through with Tyson, he went straight to Joe and gave it to him just as hard. So so Joe's had it. And, uh, you know, we'll be out for the morning runs. And all of a sudden... John Fury was like, "Okay, Joe, get down. Give me 10, 10 press ups, ten squat jumps, ten squat thrusts, ten burpees." And Joe just looks at me. I said, like, "Hey, go ahead, Joe. <laughs> you gotta do it." <laughs> so he's had, you know, he's it's in front. Like even like like today, today, you know, we have uh, David Nika here. Uh, the other New Zealander, yeah. Olympic star. And um, John had some sparring lined up for Tommy Fury, but then uh, Tommy had a press conference, so they forgot to cancel the sparring. The sparring guy turns up. And John rings me, he said, oh, I need it. I've got a problem. There's a sparring guy here for Tommy, but Tommy's got a press conference. Come on, the lads. I, I went downstairs. David and Nico was in bed asleep sleep after having a nap after the morning run. I said, David, you got some sparring. He, he jumped up out of the bed. Come on, let's go. He got his gloves on, got his boots on, went straight to the gym <laughs> I went to work. So <laughs> listen, this has been a great experience for these boys, for, for the two of them. And uh, yeah, they, they, they're getting the phone out of them, but they're, they're not, not not one way are they, are they uh, shying away from the challenge.
4: Oh,
3: I love it. Oh, well, that's, that's pretty awesome to hear. We'll, we'll talk about David Neek here in a minute because he's, he's a really exciting prospect for us as well, and we're delighted that these guys are getting the opportunity with, with you and, and the Fury camp as well. Hey, uh, one thing I did just want to know. So say in the middle of the fight and you get in into sort of round six, round seven, and you can sort of sense that maybe Chisour is starting to tire, Joe's still got plenty in the tank, he's sitting in the corner. Like, can you give us a little snippet of what you'll be telling what you'll be saying to Joe looking him in the eyes
1: saying Um, be methodical be spiteful and listen um, if Joe can't sense it I can definitely sense it when a fighter's ready to go you know when you see sometimes uh, as a coach you have to read you have to feel to read the fight and know almost know how the fighter's feeling inside himself and how the opponent's feeling and thinking and sometimes sometimes you can see like I was very lucky to be trained by Emmanuel Stewart and Emmanuel would do my corner. And, you know, people were saying, go get him, Andy. Knock him out, knock him out. And Emmanuel was telling me in the corner, take it easy, Andy. Just keep boxing, keep boxing. He'd be ready to go in a few rounds. And then whenever Emmanuel would say to me, go get him now, Andy's he's ready to go. Almost always, guaranteed, if I went out and put stepped on the pedal that round, I would have, end up with a knockout or a stoppage. So that's what you have to be able to do as a coach. And there were times in the first fight when Joe had him had him ready to go, but just didn't press on, just didn't press on. And hopefully we've addressed that now with the conditioning. And it's not, as I said, it's mental. It's knowing that Joe, Joe can go there. So I've, I, when we've been training, I've, like I said, I've stressed him. I've met him shadow box, like, like realistic shadow box, and then hit the heavy bag for maybe five or six rounds to the point where he's completely drained, where he's doing power, power endurance on the heavy bag. And then, then we'll do pads. Then I'll make him perform. And and that you know, so that he's coming into the ring stressed and tired and ready like to have a break, but no, you gotta to go to work now. So that's we're trying doing our best to emulate that with the training and now I'm seeing the benefits and the sparring um so far. Awesome. No, oh, mate,
4: just from hearing those insightful comments from the trainer, mate, I just can't wait. I feel that this is gonna be a new Joseph Parker and like you said, an aggressive mentally tough joe when it's time to turn flick the switch he's going to go out there and, and end chisora so thank you so much for, for sharing those insights mate we really appreciate it hey, no before problem. you shoot off I want to talk to you about david nika david nika he's been yeah. training extremely hard over there as well and been watching him on, on the social media and he's looking in great nick have you been impressed with how he's been um training over the last period of time
1: you know, to be honest with you, David came with a huge reputation. I'd watched him in the Olympics and watched some of his amateur fights. I was quite excited about him. And then when I got him in the gym, doing the pads and doing things, you know, I was, like, a little bit underwhelmed. Um, well, so mm. this week I, I got this cruiserweight up here named Jordan Thompson who's, like, had a, you want look him up. He had a sensational knockout. He's a real danger man in the division. And I just wanted to test uh, David and say, you know, this kid is coming up and, you know, Tell him a little bit about uh, John Thompson, and let him know that he was going to be in deep, in the deep water. And listen, uh, I don't want to say too much, but David uh, put on a show, put, and that really excited me. So I think that'll tell you about David Neger's character. And uh, mm. yeah, listen, he's a very exciting kid, and we're we're just finding our feet. Me and him together, and it's with him. It's a long term project. Very, you know, it's 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 maybe the next two years. You'll 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 see the best of him, but. He's in great shape. He's and he's a lovely person, just much, just as much as Joe is, and it's, he's a pleasure to be around.
4: Wow, wow, that's some. I wonder if he heard Coach saying that and he's like, okay, I've got to prove Coach wrong here. Went out and put on a show in front of Andy <laughs> Lee. <laughs> How good. Hey, uh, quickly, Tommy Fury. Tommy Fury's fight against Jake Paul. Is it true? If he loses, he's got to change his last name. Nah.
1: Well, I think he might have to. He might be disowned by the family if he doesn't win, because <laughs> it's uh, uh, a bad amount of pressure. that doesn't. They're putting an unbelievable amount of pressure on the on the young lad. He's not. Uh, he's got about the same experience yeah. as Jake Paul in terms of no amateur fights and just a few yeah. few few pro fights. So he's got a lot a lot on his shoulders. And uh, I listen. Tommy should win if you look at them as boxers. But the occasion, the pressure, I think it's a lot closer than mm. people. You know, people. People are giving it credit for, and Jake Paul is, has been training as as much as anybody, in, in, and probably has the resources to have a great camp and bring in the best people. So, listen, I think it's I think it's Tommy's a slight favorite because of his ability in the ring. But when you take all the other other factors into consideration, it's a big fight, you know, and it's a close fight.
4: Awesome, awesome, Andy Lee. Hey, thank you so much for joining us out of the UK, mate. We can't wait to see Thanks, Joseph Andy. Parker no worries, go guys. to work. On the 19th of december and see the progress that you have spoken about hopefully you've given him all the tools hopefully he can adapt and react appreciate it mate
1: he better he better or else i get the gypsy king and, and john fury to set about him <laughs> with the medicine <laughs> ball <bulb. laughs> <laughs> oh,
4: good. Awesome. oh.
2: We've made it to Friday and we headed over to France to say bonjour to Lima Sopoanga. He talked to us about the new rugby eligibility rules set by World Rugby earlier this week. Let me just say he was quite excited about the chance of playing for his homeland, Manu Samoa or the Cook Islands.
4: We're going to be talking about some exciting changes in World Rugby's eligibility rules. There will no doubt be some conversations already had between players and coaches building towards 2023 one of those players who no doubt will be putting his hand up for Samoa the Manu Samoa how they're going to be stacked is Lima Sapuanga and he is over in France at the moment making <coughs> cash as they do towards the end of their <laughs> career but it's time for our McCafe coffee catch up and yesterday news the world rugby eligibility, eligibility rules being voted for change to allow players with heritage from other than other countries to the opportunity to play for them after a three year stand-down period was music to many great people's ears. None more so than Uso Lima Sapuanga, who is now in France with Lyon after leaving New Zealand a few years ago to play for Wasp. Lima has proud Samoan heritage and he is with us on the line now from France. Bonjour Lima. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
7: night over here, dagger. So it's a bit of bonsoir, you know what I mean, brother? Oh,
4: oh, <laughs> so oh! Bonsoir le go. Go. Sorry. So you two? Oh, yeah. I'm joined by Ben the color mate, and and we're we just want to yeah. Uh, lucky, I think he's got to fall back,
7: have... having to carry you so much, dagger. He's got to fall back, <laughs> having to carry you, man. Poor <laughs> he's
3: bloke. Is he's flying. He's flying.
7: <laughs>
6: <laughs> I left him
3: alone for about 10 weeks and, oh, he just turned into this gun broadcaster all of a
4: sudden out of nowhere. Just the growth uh, of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah, I signed up, mate, and I was cruising, and then bears just threw a span of weeks. So I'm going to IPR to make millions. You're on your own. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> uh, let's enjoy this ride. See where this goes. I won't be to oh, get back boy. anyway. That's enough of it. Hey, bud, uh, how, how are you doing, France? Yeah, bro, loving it,
7: man. Loving it, man. Um, obviously, it's a little bit hard. My family's still in New Zealand, but mm. no, it's been a been an awesome, awesome club to come to. are awesome. The city's pretty unreal. And um, yeah, just yeah. just really trying to embrace uh, French life and French culture. And, wow, I love it here.
4: Mate, tell us about the situation. You've got Jordi talfour uh, He is your captain. Can you talk to me? How does he talk to the boys? Like, I've I've played with Jordy many years. He can't speak French, or or can he? Like, what's that little situation going kind of like?
7: <laughs> yeah, bro. Um, you know, obviously he's a skip, but um, yeah, no, nah, he doesn't speak. Like, he does speak speak a little bit of French, but to be fair, like most of the guys in our team understand English. Um, if he speaks slowly, so if we're speaking like how we're speaking right now, like they they wouldn't understand nothing, but if you if you sort of just speak slow and you know use yeah. little words then they understand and it's sweet. and uh you know we we've got a kiwi coach and Kenny Lynn here who who speaks fluent French and fluent oh, English man. um obviously so he he just he just you know jumps in when he needs to and then we've got Toby Arnold at the back who's been at the club for 10 years so if, if anything sort of breaks down he, he he sort of you know is the link between the French and um the English boys
3: yeah. Hey Lima, I noticed uh on um your Instagram the other day and you just made mention then that your family's back home. But um you must be pumped about getting the opportunity to, to come back and, and get back to New Zealand and, and see everyone as well, eh?
7: Yeah, for sure. Um uh, for sure. They're they're there right now and um, you know, obviously with the good news of with, with, with the borders it makes it makes um things pretty easy to come back home now and Yeah, obviously it's still a long flight, but you know, it it's um it's definitely opened the door to get home easier and you know, my family will be with me with me soon, so yeah, it's just it's just a waiting game now and it'll be pretty cool when they get here.
4: Don't talk about a long flight, mate. We know you just turn left when you get on that plane. It'll be all right. Anyway, mate, um <laughs> talk to us about the <laughs> talk to us about the, the exciting news, mate, yesterday uh, Daniel Leo, he's done some, some great things for the Pacific Island teams and um, now the news that was announced yesterday with the eligibility rules being changed to allow players like yourself and many of players that we've played with the opportunity to represent their nation, um, how excited are you for that uh, potential aspect or prospect of playing for, for Samoa?
7: Yeah, um, it, it, it's, it's very exciting. Obviously, um, you know, you both, you boys have both played, you know, um, professional sport, and you understand that, that nothing is ever given. So, yeah, the rules have changed, and um, you know, now we are available, and 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 that's all it is. We've we've now become available, and the balls in our court, Really, we we have to we have to play well for our clubs, and 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 hope. Hope we get a call, um, and and mm. sort of you know if if I was lucky enough um, to get that call either from you know Samoa or the Cook Islands, um, I'd be in a pretty mm. t- tough uh, sort of spot to decide. But at, at least at least the options there, you know, and and for a lot of boys over here um, on this side of the world who, who who never thought this day would come, and you know who probably thought you know our international careers were over. Uh, you know, it's a pretty exciting mm. prospect and. But we also know at the same time, you know, they don't they don't hand out test jerseys for free and and those those things have to be earned. So I know for a lot of us we there's a lot of uh rugby to be played and we've got to play well and put our hands up. But I know if if we're to get the call and um be asked to be a part of the campaign or come wear, you know, a blue or red or a white jersey, um, mm-hmm. I think those those of us who are now eligible would jump at the chance with no hesitation and 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 that's and I'm definitely in that category for sure. Have you spoken to a few of the boys,
3: mate? You got on the old WhatsApp messages there and got a little group going, boys were coming back. We're making a comeback here. Yeah. We're gonna rock the rock the test world.
7: <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, everybody sort of messaging everybody and um, you know, even even the Tonga boys we are sort of all messaging each other and <laughs> Sort of,
0: you know <laughs> you know
7: going on you know like what are you doing you know are you going i'm going you know like that's us kind of thing <laughs> and you know there's kind of you know a couple of guys sort of in my shoes who who have sort of dual he- heritage so um you know one of one of the guys i was messaging umki he's he's talking an more reckons that um his family were scrapping over who we, who we should represent <laughs> um so you know it's all a bit of a laugh at the moment but you know when it comes down to it once you pick uh you pick and then that's that you know but you know for, for me it's just like at least there's an opportunity um to be able to play for the island nations um you mm-hmm. know if, if if you're sort of uh asked to or, or, or playing well enough and and that's all we can wish nice for
4: Mate, can can you run us through the 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 teams, the potential teams, so we can give our listeners a real lead into what we could potentially see? Uh, like, give us a lead into the Tongan backline, if you can, if you can just off the top of your head, can well, you lead us into you know, the like, Tongan backline, because I think it's gonna be crazy. <laughs> yeah,
7: you know, like you said, you got you got you know, like if you know these guys all fit and fine. You got N Nine, you got Augustine Pulu, um. You've got someone like uh, Manu Vunipola, plays at who I think he's the cousin or the brother of the Vunipola brothers, plays 10. Mm. Um, you know, there's Nani Lomape, there's Malaka Fikitoa, there's uh, George Mawala, uh, Charles Pietal, Israel Falal, oh. Via Fafida. Oh, Bro, you just, you know, like, <laughs> like it's, it's it's silly. Like, that's, that's like. <laughs> It's, it's just not fair, you know. Like, if those guys are all firing and they, they you know, like, bro, who wants to play against that? Like, nah, not me. Not King. <laughs> <laughs> bro,
4: not King. Oh, what about Manu? What about Sam Moore, bro? What about Sam? Bro, gee, what about us?
7: You know, like, we've got, bro, Charlie Famoina, Victor Vito, yeah. um, Stephen Lortua, uh who else? Francis Saili. Um, Milani Nanai, um, bro, who, who else we got? Um, you know, hopefully You're myself, con- you can Jules? uh, bro, J- the boss Jules you know, like, bro, <laughs> bro, who wants that smoke, bro? No one wants that smoke, baby, that's for real, bro. And then you've got the Fijians as well, like, bro, the Fijians are already stacked, like, and then you can add guys like freaking Waisaki Naholo. Um uh, bro, Sheta Tamanivalu, bro, and they've already got like two Chico's and Botia and uh Josh Tuitova It's like, bro, nah, that's not fair, man. So bro you know, if the island teams get there, if they get their, you know, their all their ducks in a row, bro, and they're able to have a like a good build up to the World Cup, man, I think there's gonna be some fireworks, you know, and it'll be mm. there'll be some great support as well and you know, I think I think it just
3: benefits the game um, all around the world. It does, eh? That's that's ultimately what it's all about, too, right? Like you get the best players playing the sport all at the same time, rather than sort of you know seeing so much of this great talent sitting on the sidelines um, as it was before. Like those teams that you just read out, holy crikey, that's like that, that's going to be a, an unbelievable um, World Cup to watch. So, oh, far out. So, what? Which, yeah, who out sure. of those is I'm the favourite then?
7: Oh, <laughs> bro. I don't know, bro. To be fair, man, Fiji, you know, like, they're probably... If you had to rank it in order right now, it's probably, like, Fiji, Samoa, and then Tonga, you know, like, in, in that order. And, you know, the Fijians are pretty dangerous right now. And, like, some of the players they have in, at their disposal uh, are just freaks of nature. Like, like, nobody likes playing those guys over here, you know? Like, they're like... <laughs> Bro, it's like it's actually scary. Like some of these guys shouldn't be allowed to play rugby. Is that unfair? <laughs>
4: Especially when in that when you're in that uh, 10 jersey, jersey and they do a one-two cut with what there.
7: Yeah, bro. I'm like, yo, are, are, are we defending the ten at fullback or nah? Like, surely, <laughs> like, come on, man. Sorry, I'm here to kick goals, and make tackles. Curves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, that's what yeah. you pay me for, bro. You don't pay a skin of freaking make tackle. You pay him to fricking kick goals. Damn. Kick I'll be kick kicking kick those goal goals with my fricking head, at the back of my Fricking body, and I'm doing roly polies Fricking down the down the field.
0: <laughs>
4: oh, <laughs> not good for the confidence. Mate. yeah. Yeah, it's not good for uh, the covers. Hey mate, how's your body? Anyway, how's your body? Just before we let you go, how's your body and how are you uh tracking for the for the French season?
7: Yeah, bro, so I um, picked up a little injury in my uh second game against Stard so um had a bit of a hiccup with my PCL, so just working my way back. I'm I'm probably about a week away. Um, it's all right though. We got freaking fourteen games on the bounce to go, so we we just had a two week two week uh break and now we've got uh, our next block of games which is fourteen straight weeks. So um while you're on holiday, um probably at R V or something like that, Dagger, just think of us over here in winter, eh? While you're drinking your pals and whatnot, we'll be over here slogging it, mate. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, slogging it with your thousands and millions of euros in your pockets, mate. Hey, oh. uh, you just, you just, you just enjoy it, eh? You enjoy that big season ahead of you. Don't worry, uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll think of you when I'm in Gizzy yeah. sunbathing in the sun, mate. But now nah, we really appreciate you on the bears and Izzy for breakfast, Lima. You're an absolute champion Thanks of a bloke, luck. and you got some good chat on you as well, mate. So, good luck for the season, <laughs> and uh, we'll get you on soon, eh?
7: Yeah, mate mate sounds good hopefully in that time I would have worn the blue jersey and um, you know it would have been uh, it would be a cool t- story to tell but thanks for having me on boys and hope you guys are all good back home in, in, in New Zealand and you know starting to sort of get out of sort of isolation and things like that so all the best us. <laughs>
2: Now, I know I've said we've made it to the end of the week, but we wanted to give a special mention to the one and only Thomas Grant. As the coach of the Carisbrook Bushpigs, he lives by one mantra, trust your pig. Check it out.
4: Mate, this is an experienced coach, all but 21 years of age. <laughs> How good. Let's stay with rugby, but go a bit off-roading here. Under-85s rugby in the team's inaugural season, the Car- Carisbrook Bush Pigs. Beat out the 2 cup Bantams to win the New Zealand Barbarians' under-85 final on Saturday. It's a league New Zealand rugby are trying hard to promote, giving smaller blokes a chance to play at a national level. The Carrollsbrook lads are sure to be a bit worse for wear, yeah? Following a big, mad Monday down and <laughs> done. Dunners. Fortunately for us, their coach, Thomas Grant, has kindly wiped off the dust and he's joined us now. How's the head, <laughs> Thomas?
8: About uh, wiping off the dust, of the arm and the hurt like a big time? Um, life of the line from the coach, and <maybe> a... <laughs> yeah, no, nah, it's been a it's
4: been a big few days, huge few days. Oh, oh mate. don't you love it when the coach so gets good. right in amongst it, mate? Hey, tell us about tell us. Baz, Baz's got a question for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right, it's Baz here, mate. Hey. So
3: you say you're, still, yeah, you're yeah. still in the pit and wiping off the dust in the Hurt Locker. Whereabouts are you living down there? Are you in South Dunedin still, or, or is that uh, just where the team resides from?
8: No, I'm up in, up in Roslyn in Highgate, so get a look over the beautiful city, oh, which, is, uh, which is good enough on a, on a dusty chamber. Oh, oh
4: yeah,
3: that's a bit not, flash not, for a 21-year-old rugby manager up in yeah, Roslyn. They're it charging is. heavy in intro level there.
8: Well funnily enough the landlords actually are uh, Jimmy Lynchy, so it's it's mates mates. Um oh, so got a pretty Jimmy. Good, uh, <laughs> very lucky this, yeah. He's a champ. He's a
3: champ. <laughs> Where was the celebrations yeah, he held?
8: We uh oh, I'm trying to recap it all in my head now, as the uh, obviously I only jumped on this catch <laughs> about five hours ago. Um, yesterday we we're at the the Southern Rugby Club, home of the, the mighty magpies. Um, oh, it's just a Park. get up, son. Yeah, yeah, Bathgate Park. Uh, about nine showed up, um, which is pretty expected. Saturday um, <laughs> night, we're on the pillars of Pukakura Park um, till 4am, so apologies to any promised locals um, for all the noise. Um, I think we sang Queen We Are the Champions about 20 times on repeat, so, <laughs> so apologies <laughs> to them. And, um, Super Sunday, where was Super Sunday? Uh I actually really can't remember, I'm trying to think trying to it off the head. We're on the plane, uh, we're at New Plymouth Airport. Um, a couple of boys obviously cheated off to sleep on the plane, but we got back um, and we charged on for a, for a massive suit to Sunday as well. So, yeah, it's, it's been a bloody big few days to this year. Um, trying to find the trophy currently. Um, I know that one of the, one of the lads in, in the 28 squad has it. I'm just trying to find out which one that is. So uh, hopefully I can track that down relatively soon.
4: <laughs> oh, how good. When the coach is leading the way, that's how you set an example. Follow me, son. Follow me. How yeah. good. Hey, tell no, just, us about yeah. this first season, bud. Tell us about this first season. you enjoy it?
8: Oh, it's, it's been bloody fun. Um, yeah, obviously, yeah, calling the coach, but we've actually been pretty lucky to have John Leslie in, um sort of running pretty much rugby yeah. content. Um, just, I just sort of run, run the cutter off the field. But John, um, yeah, he, he offered to come in and be a technical advisor, but really he's, he's coach of the Pigs. So uh, he got them all humming on the field. And um, oh, it's, it's been unreal just to introduce 85s down here in Dunedin for the, for the first time. And um, I guess the cool thing for us is that we brought like eight lads back into the game that were, were sitting on the couch and not playing. So, um, you know, that, I think that's the real success story for us is that we can provide... You know, rugby the lads that d- don't want to play the big heavy artillery stuff, but they can come in and play some fast eighty
3: fives. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Bring John Leslie in. So what? What a great little bit of uh, you know offloading some to some expertise. Maybe that could yeah filter up up in our uh, in our rugby world as well. But so uh, what? Uh, what sort of coach are you then, Thomas? You, you talk about you like to get things together off the field, but what sort of you know, what's, where's your it's real strength bears. pulling the boys together and, you know, one common goal?
8: Yeah, I'm probably at the stage, Baz and Izzy, where I haven't actually figured out my coaching philosophy yet. Um, <laughs> I get, get I get real nervous. It works. Real nervous pre-game. Yeah, <laughs> it has worked somehow. Um, I get real nervous pre-game. I was sitting beside John, at, you know, for sort the of whole duration of the grand final, and he was actually grabbing my arm really tight um, for the whole 80 minutes. So I was pretty surprised by it. How he reacted? He uh, he was real, real nervous. But oh, for me, I tried to deliver a, a couple of good speeches, a classic Ray Warren or two. But um, yeah, to be fair, <laughs> just try to throw up the boys more than anything.
4: Yes, beautiful. Hey, uh, hey, mate, give us a little uh, radio-worthy answer to this. Yeah, bush pigs. Where'd you get the name <laughs> from?
8: Where's the name come from?
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
8: Radio was yeah. Uh, yeah. Radio where the yeah, no, keep it keep the PG. Uh, we had uh, obviously <laughs> obviously had, obviously had, had Carisbrook, and that's a testament to the, the history of the Dunedin Stadium. Uh we had some great times there as a young fellow in Izzy. Um Ooh, yeah. but the bush pig we sort of went around boys and we had a lot of lot of different animals thrown out there, but um it was the bush pig that stuck out for the boys. We had a vote um in the sheds and the bush pigs won by a landslide. Um I think it's been received uh, <laughs> relatively well by twenty percent of New Zealand.
6: <laughs> by
3: about twenty yeah, yeah. percent of New <laughs> Zealand. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> something different. Just, just, just for, just before we let you go, just explain to us like the, the style of play that the Carisbrook Bush, Bushbegs played. Was it expensive? Was it sort of more of a pod system, or was it just a real Direct. kind of sailor v you know hail mary type of performance?
8: Oh, John brought in the mantra of "trust your pig." Um, that was his thing that he that he led us by. So whatever you take from that, um, I I don't quite understand that. But to me, that's that's you know wear your heart on your sleeve when you're when you're on the field. You're playing for your pig beside you. Um, but we did want to play a barbarian style of footy and entertain the crowd. Um, yeah, I'm pretty pleased. to as we scored some awesome tries and um, yeah, ent- entertained the crowd on and off the field on on a bit of social media as well, which was.
4: Trust pig.
3: pig. Oh <laughs> <you>. <laughs> All right, very good. Well we're gonna we're gonna let you go, Thomas, but congratulations, mate, on all your successes, coach and all the boys there at the Harris yeah, sure, Bush, Bush pigs. Maybe you can go down to the old Kensington Tavern or maybe slide past Nanking Palace down in there in South Dunedin and pick up a nice little nine dollar Chinese takeaway to celebrate. All the very best, mate. Thanks for joining us on Bads and Izzy for Breakfast here yeah. on S E N Z.
8: Fantastic, lads. Thanks very much for
2: having me. Well, now we conclude the week on Bears and Azifa Breakfast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Stay safe. Have a good weekend. We'll catch you on Monday. Kaki te anu.